Hello, and welcome to the Don't Be Stupid podcast. Uh, in case you are listening for the first time or are new here, my name is Joshua Beck. Uh, this week, Ben, our, one of our usual co-hosts, is not with us, but in this episode, I think it's a special episode, and at least I think an interesting episode, Sam is interviewing me about my new book, which comes out as of the release of this episode uh, tomorrow, January 16th. So, I think it was fun recording this one with Sam, just two of us uh, in our apartment here, and we had a lot of fun with it. I think you will enjoy it. And be sure and listen to the end. We are doing a giveaway of the book. We're going to give away a couple books and an exclusive episode of the podcast, but have to listen to the end to find out how you can enter for that. So uh, hold on tight. I think you're going to have some fun with this one, and I hope you enjoy. Whoa, that's louder. It's louder? I mean, I yeah. I oh, can okay. hear myself more and it went up higher because it's pointed at my mouth instead of my dub chin. Yes. That's where it's supposed to point. Not at your dub chin. Right. <laughs> Pointing the microphone at your dub chin does us no good. Well, I've been doing this wrong this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Josh. Yes. You wrote a book. I did. <laughs> so tell me about it. What's the book about? The book is about... Uh, it's a call for Christians to believe and live an intelligent faith. And it's a response, I guess, to our our culture's longing for intentional, engaged, and intelligent Christians. Uh, I think for a long time now, our culture has seen Christians as backward, out of touch, and frankly, stupid. <laughs> and so True. Don't Be Stupid uh, is a book to hopefully help Christians to be smarter about the, the way they live, um, think and uh, believe and in order to help them be Christians who display the truth and beauty of the gospel they believe. That was a pretty answer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we're going for? Pretty answers here? I don't know. You're, I'm, you're the one giving the answers. So okay. Is it? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I could go with pretty. <laughs> that was not such a pretty answer. <laughs> Cut that out of uh, <laughs> my my comments. Anyways, so um, so who did you write the book for? Like, what kind of person do you think would get the most out of it or would enjoy reading it? The book is for any Christian who really wants to uh, learn to love God with their mind better, um, or who sees the need that I talked about in culture. Uh, anybody who sees that need or wants that for themselves or the people around them, um, that's really who the book is for. Even if they're not uh, people who would typically read theology or apologetics or anything like that, it's it's for everyone, really. It was written in a way that uh, is engaging um, and approachable, I guess would be the word, for people who aren't readers. It's short, sometimes funny, um, and very conversational. That's true. As someone who has read it and and also who edited it, so this is kind of a skewed interview um, it is very <laughs> conversational <laughs> yes uh, um so you mentioned apologetics let's just right out the gate let's address that what is apologetics oh sorry i hit my face on the microphone Oops. <laughs> <laughs> i 
<laughs> Which part of your face? Did you hear your dub chin on the microphone? No, just my regular chin this time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, the first chin, chin one. Yeah, chin one. The original chin. The real, the real OC. Yeah. Original chin. So um, every time that word comes up. Original recipe chin. <laughs> Not KFC. Okay. Anyways, mommy, I'm trying to ask you questions here, okay? We both studied up for this. I, for the first time in my whole life, prepared for this podcast, yeah, and you're derailing it's, me. It's remarkable that you actually prepared for this. Really, really it is. Yeah, this it's, it's quite an experience that you are leading this podcast, just driving, hosting it. I'm, yeah, I'm about it's, to it's drive it right into a end. ditch, probably, especially if you keep this up. But, uh, you're crying right now. I know, because I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> Which one made you cry? Original recipe, Chen? Was that the one that did it? Yes. <laughs> Five minutes into the podcast, Josh has me crying. Uh, I have to go to therapy now. That's fantastic. Anyways. <laughs> every time that the word apologetics comes up, it has yes. to, we have to define it because I'm sure there's certainly somebody who doesn't know what yeah. that means. It's a weird word. So what is apologetics? Uh, apologetics is the defense of what you believe. So... Uh, apologetics isn't just a Christian thing. Uh, it's any religion. They're Muslim apologists. <clears throat> My voice is cracking there. I'm kind of sick. So if you hear some sniffling or uh, If you hear some voice, sniffling, it's me crying, sobbing into too. my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you got some serious tears, Sam. I know. All the way down to my dumb <laughs> You took my punchline. <laughs> oh. Oh man. Oh, okay. So. Okay. So you, yeah, said, you so were saying Muslim that there apologists. are all kinds of apologists. It's just depending yes. on what you believe. That's yeah, the flavor of apologists that you are. Right. It's the defense of what you believe. So um Christian apologetics would be the defense of the Christian faith. So arguing for the I guess the important things that Christians believe. Uh the existence of God, the resurrection of Jesus, things like that. Um it's a whole and it, a lot of it in the Christian category of apologetics. Uh, stems from the command in First Peter three fifteen to always be prepared to give an answer for the reason for the hope that you have. Do it with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience for the days of evil. Uh, that whole um, that word there for answer, always be prepared to give an answer. It's the Greek word apologia, which is where we get our word apologetics. So the Bible actually commands us as Christians to be able to give an answer, give a defense for the hope that we have. Mm-hmm. So that's what apologetics is. Okay. Why do you so, ask? Um, well, because you said the word apologetics mostly, okay. uh, but also <laughs> because um, this book kind of seems at first glance like it might be an apologetics book, like a book that's going to be filled with lots of reasons or oh, okay. arguments, right? but it's really not. Yeah. Like you address that a little bit, but for the most part, it's it's not filled with arguments. And I was just wondering, why did you write this book instead of one that is more focused on oh. um that's a good question. The truth of Christianity. Yeah. It actually, I had the idea for a book called Don't Be Stupid like 10 years ago. The, just the idea came to mind that I should write a book called Don't Be Stupid. And uh, towards the beginning of thinking about what this book was going to be, I thought it was going to be an apologetics book. I thought it was going to be a book where I argued for the truth of Christianity. But over time, I realized that, um, number one, there are so many other books out there that do a really good job of that, much better than I would be able to do. 
Um, I mean, I could argue for the truth of the truth of the resurrection, but there are so many books by people who are much more knowledgeable than me that have done a fantastic job of doing that. So I'd rather point people to those books than try to do it myself. Like Lee Strobel, Case for Christ, that's a fantastic book. Mike Lacona has written tons of things, and he's much more qualified than I. So number one, I didn't think that there was quite as much of a need for that. And I didn't feel like I was quite as qualified for that. What I saw a need for was a book that helped Christians start thinking about those kinds of things and get into a perspective of their faith where it was even reasonable to start thinking about uh, thinking about apologetics. Because nobody's going to start reading those books about apologetics until they first realize that Christianity is a faith that you can have reasons for. And so this is more of a book where it's it's more of a starting point to push people towards things like that. But then also, I didn't want to write just another book about, you know, being a thinking, I don't know, person or about theology or apologetics, that kind of thing. I think that, number one, there's lots of apologetics books. And then there's also lots of books about Christian living. Um, you've got the, those two aspects, the head and the heart. I didn't feel like there was a book out there that quite molded the two together very mm -hmm. well to talk about the importance of loving God with your mind, but also um, really loving God and loving the people around you uh, in a way that would be approachable and that people who aren't into those things would actually read. That's true. That's one of the biggest things that I think is different about your book is that um, apologetics books or things like that, they're, they're very niche, if I'm going to say it the fancy way. Yeah. Um, they're for people who are like nerds about that thing. Right. And not everybody is a nerd about that thing, but everybody mm -hmm. who's a Christian is supposed to be able to give an answer. And yeah. so there needs to be something that's more like um, entry level, I guess. Mm -hmm. But also um, I think what I noticed, and you can correct me if you think this isn't a good description, but it seems like um, Don't Be Stupid is a book that addresses an attitude, whereas apologetics books in general will address like logical arguments. Yeah, I think that's a really good way of framing it. Because um, there is actually a chapter where I talk about why I am a Christian. So I give, a, I guess, my own apologetic. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's more of a book about helping Christians get in the frame of mind and getting them, getting them started towards the whole idea of being a thinking Christian and living your life, believing intelligently. So yeah. I think that would be an accurate description. It's more of addressing the attitude of being a th thinking Christian rather than the actual content of this is what you're supposed to believe. Right, or this is why yeah. you should believe it. Okay, so um, what was the hardest chapter to write? Um, ooh, hardest chapter to write. I think there are two chapters that were really hard to write that actually ended up being my favorite chapters. Okay, none of that. I said hardest chapter. We're talking superlatives here. You have to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can name the runner-up, but you have to pick one. Uh, okay, pick one. It depends on what angle we're going with here. Because hardest, like, emotionally or hardest technically? Hardest. <sighs> Man. Okay, so I think... We can cut the... out the blank space while you search while I think about it. your soul for the answer. <laughs> my soul. Okay, I think the chapter on doubt was probably the hardest to write. Why? Uh, because it's, I got a little personal in that one. Uh, and also the concept of doubt is a very difficult, difficult and not enough talked about 
weird neglected yes neglected <laughs> topic in churches and so I think it's an important one. It's actually one that uh, it's in the first part of the book. The book is divided into three parts. Uh, the first part is believing intelligently. Second part is living intelligently. The third part is going forward, like putting it all into practice. And so in that first part, I had it all, had it all written and uh, went through the first version and then later came back and added the doubt chapter in because I thought it was really important and I had I felt like I had something to say. I and think it's maybe the most important yeah, chapter. In the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if not the most, one of the most important chapters. And uh, I think it turned out really well. It it really addresses the idea that doubt is not something that we should be scared of or avoid. It's actually something that can lead us to truth and does lead us to truth. It's a really good thing if handled properly, because it can also be a dangerous thing. Um, and so it was difficult to write in part because it's difficult to parse uh, the dangers, but also the joy and the importance of doubt. And then also, I feel like I got a little personal when talking about that because I struggle with doubt uh, and have a lot in my life. And so uh, it was difficult on that end as well. But I think it turned out really, really well. It's one of my favorite mm -hmm. chapters. I think so too. I think that doubt is to the Christian faith as hardship is to a marriage. Yeah, I can see it that. It can make it a lot stronger. And if you never had experienced it, your relationship really can't be as strong as possible. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, you have to handle it the right way. Yeah, because I mean, it's I think it's an apt analogy because doubt is hardship in your relationship with God. Yeah. <laughs> as in hardship with your marriage. So uh, what was your favorite chapter to write? Okay, wait, do you want to tell us your second, your runner up? For hardest chapter? My runner up for hardest chapter was the chapter on William Wilberforce in the going forward section because I am not, I don't think of myself as a great storyteller. And that chapter was definitely storytelling. It was telling the story of the life of William Wilberforce. And it was just difficult to, I guess, technically to weave that narrative, trying to take all of the details that I know about Wil Wilberforce and everything that I studied about him into a concise um, narrative. Yeah. that then I was able to pull some important points that we could learn from him out of. And so just technically, that was a really difficult one for me to write. But again, I think it turned out really well. And another one of my favorite chapters. Okay, no, favorite now. Like one singular, your most favorite chapter. Favorite chapter or favorite chapter to write? Uh, are those different things? Yes. Then both of those. Favorite chapter is probably the doubt chapter. I think that's my favorite. Yeah, I think so. I think it's my favorite too. Okay, what was the one that you enjoyed writing the most? I think that one was probably the chapter on what Christians believe because I was able to bring in a lot of different... That might... Oh, I really like that one too. Okay, yeah. that's rivaling favorite chapter yeah. for me. Because I talk about... That one, you know how I said... Sorry, I'm cutting you off in your own interview. But uh, <laughs> you know how I will describe your book and say, you know, it just feels like cozy and comforting. It feels like curled up on the couch with a hot chocolate mm -hmm. like I, that chapter is one that i think is particularly that way okay yeah I, I i could see why you would think that um but that one part of the reason why it was so fun is that it's uh, it flowed <laughs> really easily because it's an idea that i talk about a lot <laughs> because it's an idea that's really important to me i can't get this guy to shut up over here yeah <laughs> No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's I talk about grace in that chapter and what religion, what Christianity really is. And so it's it's a really important topic. And um, I was also able to weave in some 
C.S. Lewis into it, talking about my favorite, favorite one of my favorite, in the whole world. yeah, and one of my favorite books from him, Paralandra. I think you love him more than you love me. Yeah, and I ended it with a. Yeah, I like uh, how you just say yeah. <laughs> 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 Moving on, yes, of course. Anyway, uh, and then I ended it with a. Uh, uh, a bit from a Jimmy Needham song. And so this, I was able to weave in some like poetry and fiction and I don't know. I thought, I thought it was really fun to write. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was fun to read. Where did you find all the quotes that are at the beginning of the chapters? How did you go about getting to those? Um, by looking in a notebook in my Evernote account called Quotes. Oh, geez. <laughs> They're all quotes that I found through, I mean, that I found just through life over the last, who knows how long, over years. Mm-hmm. When I find quotes that I really like, I always save them into a uh, notebook in Evernote that is. So Evernote is an app yes. for people who don't know, people who are not quite as nerdy as Josh in this <laughs> department. And, and, and it's, yeah, it's basically like a, a really high functioning notes app. Yes. Right. You can organize things in a, uh, like notebooks and tag them and you can save things straight from the internet. It's just, it's Josh's it's whole life is in there. I think yeah, if Evernote it's like my external brain. existing, I don't know what you would do. I'd have to find some, I mean, I'd have to export everything into another app. You'd have to start all your guest ideas for me from scratch. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that you've been accumulating over the years. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I use that for lots of things. And that's uh, just when I find good quotes, I save them there. Okay. That was an uninteresting answer. <laughs> a little bit. But I was I was still I was still curious. Like they come yeah. from kind of all over and yeah, they do. they're really good quotes. And I was like, how I mean you can't just one day decide to go search for quotes and come up with stuff that's this good. So Yeah. That's one of my when I read a book that has You're obsessive. Uh, that's how the answer is that yeah. you're a little bit obsessive I'm a about little the bit quotes. Obsessive. Yes. <laughs> I love books that at the beginning of every chapter they have a quote. And so I had had to do that with my book. Yeah. And so I I thought it was fun. And I think there are some really good quotes. So how long did it take to write the book? Oh, um, (laughs) your favorite question. It took, I mean, like I said, I had the initial idea about 10 years ago. Okay. But from the time that you started actually writing it, like I would say putting pen to paper, but let's be real. You never did that. Putting finger to keyboard. Um, when did I start? It was probably actually putting pen to paper about five years ago, I think. Uh, I, act, I started working seriously on the book after I read a book by John Acuff called Quitter. And in that book, there was a quote from him where he said, uh, 90% perfect and published changes more lives than 100% perfect in your head. And up until that point, I always thought that I was going to wait until I got a degree and then maybe a master's degree and maybe even my PhD before I started writing books because I wasn't smart enough. Because then you would know what you were talking about. Yeah. Then you would be the real deal. Yes. And I felt like I had to be the real deal until I actually published those thoughts. And so I think I learned from Johnny Cuff and that quote in particular that I have things to say now. And even though it's not going to be perfect, which is difficult for me. Uh, releasing something that isn't perfect. And this book is not perfect. There are things that I would absolutely change even now after hitting <laughs> hitting publish. I'm already like, uh, I would change this and this and this. Um, but even though it's not perfect, it can help people. It can change lives. And that's better than keeping it in my head for who knows how long. until in, Forever until you die because you would yeah. never be qualified enough. Yeah, because it's, yeah, never enough. 
Yeah. So uh, why did it take so long? Five years is a long time. And there have been rumblings about this book for a while. Why did it take so long? <laughs> uh, uh, do I have to answer this question? Yes. Josh, um, you're the one who's going to edit this podcast. Yeah. You can take out anything that you want. That's true. <laughs> okay. So I guess most part of it is that it's just life. Um, I was a student for much of that time while working job, newly married. And I was a student and yes. I was working a job. And then I will also take some of the blame because I, you were waiting for me to edit it for a long time <laughs> because yes. I am very much a procrastinator. Yes. And uh, also I tried a lot of different things with it. I even went to a publisher at one point and pitched it to a publisher, had a one-on-one -on -one meeting with them. and The publisher that shall not be named. Yes. I'm salty at them still. <laughs> Sam anyway. is very salty about that. <laughs> um, and then, I don't know, it just, life gets uh, gets crazy when all of those things are happening and it just it just took a long time. Um, how, how honest am I being here? All the way. <laughs> all the way honest? Josh. Um, you're going to be all the way honest because this is for like your people. This is for your, your okay. people who have been like yeah. following and have been waiting since the early days. Okay. So exposed. Don't be <laughs> stupid. Exposed. Yes. Uh, I think a big reason is, and this is, I've never really talked about this, uh, except for with my immediate family, but, um, I have depression and, uh, I've, had depression for, I mean, as long as I could remember. Um, I'd say it probably started the first I could remember around high school-ish. And I didn't realize that that's what that was. Yeah, until like six months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I just recently have been diagnosed with depression. Um, I diagnosed him a long time ago, but. Yeah. I wasn't very know, good at listening to We all to know that. how it goes when the wife tells the husband, you yeah. have a medical thing, you need to go to the doctor. Yeah, we all I know how that goes. I didn't want to believe it. Uh, but recently, by a doctor, I was Yeah, he was diagnosed. a real doctor, not yes. like a fake. Not pre-doctor. Yeah, not a, not a pre-doctor like me. Yes. And so um, for those of you who have depression, you could understand the whole uh, trying to work on a project when you are depressed just doesn't really work. <laughs> um, and there were lots of points because, I mean, it... Since I didn't realize that that's what that was, I've never actually done anything about it. And so there were lots of points throughout the years where I'd get the book going and it'd be going really well. And then I would just not feel like it was worth it, not feel like I had anything to say, not feel like I, like going back to the whole, I shouldn't publish this because I'm too young. Yeah. And be like, who, yeah. would, who am I to tell people yeah. anything? And there were a couple of specific scenarios when that happened. Uh, one of them was when I met with the publisher. That's Basically, what they told me was I, I was too young for them to publish the book. Yeah. That's um, why I'm so salty is because basically they told you, who are you to say anything? You're too yeah. young to have anything of value. Yeah. And say. so. And that, ooh, anyways, we, that kind of got me in it. They, we don't get to talk about them anymore. They don't deserve to be talked about. Okay. Anymore. <laughs> and so uh, after things like that, it would be a while before I got back going on it. And then uh, the conference happened. Um, we did the Don't Be Stupid conference. And I was really excited about that. And that was a really big thing that we worked on and super excited. And I personally felt like that was a failure. And it was difficult. And What's hard about that is that's when I announced the book and said, hey, this thing that I've been working on, it's going to be published soon and be excited and here it is. And then I announced that to a room of like 15 people, which is what it was by the end of the uh, second day of the conference. And it just felt like a, 
it was it felt like it was confirming all the things that I had thought about myself, that it wasn't good enough. People don't really care about this. And so why am I even doing this? And so even though that was supposed to be a launching off point to get going and get it published soon, um, it actually ended up um, pushing me further down into a depressed period where I just didn't work on it at all for a very long time. And then, um, I mean, just those typical ups and downs with depression, it's just, it's taken a long time. And uh, I think that is a major part of it, <laughs> the whole depression thing, even though I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't realize until recently that that's actually, I, I just thought that was the way people thought. I just thought that was normal the life. The way that people are. Yes. Yeah. But apparently, it's not normal to think that way yeah. all the time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That, okay, we should move to is something there, more positive. Well, I was going to say, is there a, an upside to the fact that you've been working on it for so long? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the the book has actually turned out a ton better because of how long that it's taken. Um, I've really grown as a writer and as a thinker in that time. And so I think the book, even though it was a difficult process and it's longer than I would have liked to it, for it to have been, uh, to get published. I think that it's a much better book for it. I think the book that people are getting, um, here in a couple days as of recording is, um, is a lot better because it took so long. I think so too. Cause I, I mean, I went back over that so many times Yeah. <laughs> and rewrote things and, and there's something to be said for just letting an idea stew for a while yeah. and like writing something and then coming back to it. Yeah. I mean, the chapter on doubt was one of those. It exactly. was, if, if I had published it, as quickly as I could have, um, if I didn't have those setbacks, then that chapter probably wouldn't have been in there. But I think it's a really important addition to the book. And mm -hmm. the, just the writing is better in general. The um, ideas are better. I mean, it's it's just a better book. Yeah, absolutely. What was your favorite part of the process of writing the book? I think my favorite part was the, I mean, the writing itself, uh, which is weird to say. There have been a lot of points in my life where I haven't really enjoyed writing I've enjoyed having written. Yes. Um, pretty but, typical. Yeah, that's pretty typical. Yeah, of lots of people. But I think the process of writing this book was actually a lot of fun. Uh, just the ideating and the organizing. Ooh, ideating, and, there's yeah, a word. Yeah. Um, and all of that, I think, was it was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't consider myself a great writer <laughs> in particular, uh, but I love teaching and... I, that comes through in the book. Yeah, I think it does. And so I'll tell you, <laughs> I can say it cause I didn't write it. It yes. comes through in the book. <laughs> I love teaching and I love, uh, just putting ideas together and organizing them. And that's really what I was trying to do with the book is just imagine sitting, talking to a friend and I'm just teaching, explaining these ideas. And I, I, I don't know if I'm a fantastic writer, but I feel like I'm pretty good at explaining things. And that's just, I was able to do that for <laughs> lots of words yeah, and of I with ideas that I think are really, really important. That reminds me of the thing that my grandma says. My grandma was a second grade teacher for, I don't know. Years. Forever. Yes. Her whole adult life. <laughs> she taught she retired. my parents. Yeah. And me. And your brothers. And my, yeah, and even my little brother. And me eight and years my cousins me. and my sister. Yeah, basically everyone. And our principals. Yes. <laughs> Generations. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, moral of the story, she taught for a very long time. And um, she always says that you don't really understand something until you can explain it to a second grader. And I think that is very true. And I think that that is um, something that you 
enjoy doing. Not not necessarily explaining things to second graders per se, <laughs> but taking concepts that people maybe would have originally thought were like out of their reach mm-hmm. and explaining it to them in a very down to earth, easy to understand kind of way. I think that's something that you enjoy doing a lot and that you're really good at. Thank you. I do enjoy I do enjoy it. You're welcome. What was your least favorite part of the process of writing the book? Um, <laughs> well, my least favorite part was the anxiety and the uh, doubt and <laughs> all of the feelings. All of the feelings. The of feelings. unworthiness uh, to actually write a book and tell was, people about it. I was going to guess that your least favorite part was going to be Microsoft Word. Well, that's... <laughs> that's yes, time that was for my, least favorite, maybe? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Uh, after actually writing it, I had to format it and make it uh, ready to actually be put onto paper in a book. And that required using Microsoft Word. And I hate that application with all of my being. It doesn't make any sense at all. And it was horrible to work with. And I am just glad that that part is done. Works well if you're on an iPad. Terrible yeah, if you're on a computer. But the iPad version doesn't have all the features that I need in order to create Format a book. A book. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, Trust I wish I could have just used pages. I used pages for a lot of the formatting, and then I had to end up with Word because it doesn't have all the features. So, speaking of that, what was your workflow like? What were there particular apps that were helpful for you for writing or organizing your thoughts or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, so, the writing, most of it happened in an application called Scrivener, which is built for people writing books and long form. Um, things like that. Lots of people who write novels use it. Uh, It's got a lot of really nice features, but then also great ways to uh, just take those out of the way and have a really minimal writing environment, which is actually what I like most is writing apps where they can just get rid of all the clutter and it's just a simple, clean, blank screen. Yeah. Uh, And so it's a really, really good application. So most of it was done there. And then I moved it into... um, pages where I did most of the formatting, making it look good, and then had to end up in Word to add extra things that books in particular need. Um, But then I guess there were other apps involved. Like uh, if I have ideas for things, I always use an app on my phone called Drafts that is really nice for when you have an idea, just quickly being able to write it down um, and then send it wherever you need. It's really cool. And then Research Evernote has basically every interesting article that I've encountered for the last who knows how long uh, it goes into. Years. Yeah, probably six years. I like started using that around college-ish, mm-hmm. beginning of college. Um, any interesting article that I've found since then has gone into Evernote to serve as my own um, specialized personal Google. Um, and so, if I have a certain topic that I'm researching, I'll always search Evernote to see if it's uh, if there's stuff there. Okay, so were there any habits that were helpful in writing the book? I'm terrible at habits. <laughs> <laughs> um, the writing of this, I mean, as we've talked about already, was very uh, um, sporadic. sporadic is a good word. <laughs> yeah. But there was a habit that I had for a while that was really helpful. And it was my is one that I'm actually, I just started back up today. Uh, that is uh, where every Sunday I go to a coffee shop and just take some time to plan and think and pray and uh, things like that. And there were a lot of those times where after planning and thinking and praying where I just sit and write for a while and I knocked out quite a bit of the book when that was happening, just going to coffee shops and putting some uh, music, uh, some headphones in, 
putting on some music that is really good writing music and uh, just boring knock music. it out some. It's not boring necessarily. It has to be a little bit boring or else it's distracting. Yes. Like, I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. It's well-made music, but it has speaking to be a of, bit boring. Speaking of really good music for writing and reading, by the way, is a, uh, is the, there are two soundtracks. The soundtrack, um, there are soundtracks for the iOS game, Monument Valley, Monument Valley 1 and 2. The soundtracks for those games are beautiful, but also just really soothing. The minimalist. Yeah. And those are fantastic for writing. Yeah. They're kind of nice to have on in the car too. Like if there's nothing particular mm-hmm. that you want to listen to, but you don't want to just like drive in silence, they're, they're just pleasant to have yep. on in the background. Now I feel like I'm my grandma because she would always have something pleasant. <laughs> uh, that's funny. But yes. Do you have any thoughts about a, another book in the future? A next book? Is that, has that crossed your mind yet? Or are we just focusing on this one? For now? It's definitely crossed my mind. I don't know how soon I'll actually get started on it, but I've got lots of ideas. Uh, and there's one in particular that I've been thinking about a lot. There that, is? You haven't even, have you even told me this? Yeah, I've told you about this one. Oh, well. <laughs> um, there's the one in particular that um, I've been thinking about a lot and I think is a really good idea for a book. And I am super excited to get started on that one eventually. And then there's another one that... Uh, have you told me about this one? Yes, I've told you about both of these. We've actually had Jeez, long conversations these. about both of these. <laughs> So yes, I have multiple ideas for books and I don't know exactly when those are going to happen because I'm about to start a master's program. So Right, so maybe it'll be a while. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say it'll probably be a while. Yes, my focus right now is just master's program, work, uh, this podcast, Intelligo, that kind of thing. And then... Uh, Speaking of Intelligo, yes. what's that? And where can we see more of your writing? Okay, uh, Intelligo.in is the website that I write on most. And Intelligo, like intelligent. So there are two L's, but yes. it's... G-O at the end. Yep. Um, but we'll, we'll have a link in the show notes. But it's a site for um, learning more. I mean, it's it's kind of don't be stupid-ish, but it's the the tagline is uh, Intelligo is the home for thoughtful Christian commentary on faith, life, art, and culture. And so I write there, and sometimes we have other writers there. And yeah, it's a good place to check every so often to see if you uh, can find more things to read on the internet that are not stuff. terrible. Uh, Interesting stuff that you... doesn't make you hate the world and your yeah. life. Yeah. That Very should nice. be your tagline. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to change the tagline. Great. <laughs> Where can we buy the book? Uh, Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for Don't Be Stupid. You'll find it there. Or you can go to the website and find out more about it. Uh, thedbsbook.com. It's available in paperback and yeah. Kindle. Yeah. It's a short, easy read. Sometimes funny, I think. Some I think people so. told me they laughed. So <laughs> Some people told me that they laughed. <laughs> I feel weird saying my book is funny because it's I like I know, I know cuz you're patting yourself on the back. Yeah. I know. It's pretty funny. I laughed out loud. <laughs> That's good. I lolled. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a compliment, Sam. You lolled. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> did it make you cry? Uh just now it did. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, Any more questions? No, that's all my questions. That's all your questions? Yeah. We went through those pretty fast. I had a lot, but. We did go through them pretty fast. Uh, I think that I hope, hopefully that was an interesting conversation and you enjoyed it. Okay. So also, if you would like to win a copy of this book, we're going to do a giveaway. What you need to do in order to win a, you'll get a signed copy of the book because 
people like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also feel weird signing books, but you know, it's a thing. It's a thing. So I'm going to do it. Do but yes, for. you can win a signed copy of the book and also an exclusive episode of the podcast that we're recording for the launch team. And all you have to do is go to iTunes and leave a review for the podcast and email me. Uh, if you just go to the dbspodcast.com and then click the contact button, if you just send me a message there and let me know that you left a review and uh, that kind of thing. We'll pick two people out of everyone that does it. Just randomly pick two people and you could win a book and an exclusive episode of the podcast. And all that stuff will be in the show notes also. Yes. Instructions for how to win and links to how to tell Josh that you left a review. Yes, exactly. So, well, not how to win, how to enter. I can't guarantee that you'll win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Restrictions I wonder, apply. Yeah. All sweepstakes. I wonder how many times. Must be 18 years or older. <laughs> I wonder how many times when uh, podcasts or YouTube channels do a thing like this, when they just don't actually send anything out. Because theoretically, nobody would know. True. But you're supposed to, like, etiquette is that you're supposed to announce the person. Oh, okay. But you also could make up a person. Yeah. Well, we will announce or make up a person in a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll announce, but we'll actually give you the books. We've got and them. also we've most got of books you listening probably like know us and the people. You probably know the person whose name we're going to say, so <laughs> you'll know that it's a real person. <laughs> Bob, it was Bob, guys. He Bob's won. Going to be like what? <laughs> uh, congratulations to Bob. Last name oh, withheld. Um, I had I thought of another. What was I going to ask you? Oh, you're going to be on the radio. Oh, I am. We should talk about how you're going to be on the radio. Yeah, I'm going to be on the. Uh, there's a radio station in Detroit, of all places. I don't even know anybody in Detroit. Right. Uh, but they messaged me and uh, said that they wanted to have me on the show. It's uh, called the Bob Ditko Show. Duck, do, Bob. Let's try that again. It's called the. <laughs> it's called the Bob Duco Show. I think it's with a U. Now that I think about it, yes. Maybe we should Google this and then It'll say be that in the one show more notes. time. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to say the name of the guy who's his uh, interviewing you on yes. the radio wrong and then put that out there on the internet for yes. everybody to see. Now, I remember for sure. It's the Bob Duco show. Okay. And uh, he talks about apologetics and politics and things like that. And Is he going to get a free copy of the book? Because if so, then Bob really did win. Yes. <laughs> Bob got a copy of the book. <laughs> well, there you Too go. Too bad, guys. He's the winner. Um <laughs> But uh, but yes, they. Uh, Do you know if that's going to be streamed on the internet? Somewhere? It will be streamed on the internet. Do I'll include know? a link for Where? that. Okay, in the show notes. Yes, in the show notes. Just be sure and take a look. You're at gonna those. have a lot of work to do. For I the am. Show notes for this. Yes, uh, but yeah, it'll happen on. I mean, hopefully, if you're you have to be listening to this pretty soon in order to get in on listening to that um, on the radio because it's Wednesday. And also, you'll have to have listened to the end of this. Yes, so. <laughs> Wednesday the seventeenth. The four of you of January <laughs> who are listening to this before it airs. <laughs> there are many more than four <laughs> that no. listen to it. Uh, right, but the four but people who Wednesday. will listen to it the day it's released and listen all the way to the end through yeah. all of our rambling. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, going with four people. <laughs> Mess when you message Josh and tell him that you left a review on iTunes. Also, mm -hmm. tell us if you heard about the radio show because <laughs> I want to know how many people are listening right now. Or just text me because you probably know me. <laughs> And Sam, making us look bad. 
There are more people than know us that listen to have, the podcast. I don't actually have any idea how many people listen to this yeah. podcast, but in my mind, <laughs> as I said the before, know. it's like 60 people that we are friends with on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Wednesday, January 17th at 1.30 Central Time is when that's happening. So that should be interesting. I've never done a radio interview before, so that'll be that'll be fun. Unless, yeah, this is just a podcast interview. It's not a radio interview. Oh, yeah. But this was prep. This is way Hopefully more this gets me ready key. for it. Having your wife interview you. Yeah. Way more low-key. I'm assuming we won't be talking Nobody's about Bob's gonna... dub <laughs> <laughs> Assuming he has one. Exactly. And I've never seen him before. <laughs> oh, I hope he has a dub because if he doesn't, an idea that's just going to make me feel bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, listen in for that. And be sure and share the book with your friends. I am not famous. And... Right, so, so help a guy getting the out. word out would be fantastic. It'd be very helpful if you would share it. So I would be very, very grateful. You guys are awesome. Thank you for listening, and I hope you had fun. And be sure and check out the book. Let me know what you think too. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the book. It took me a long time, and uh, it was a lot of work, even though it's very short. But uh, I think it has some good stuff in it. Um, at least I hope it does, and I think that it will really help some people. So let me know what you think. Don't expect me to be this prepared every time we have an episode. This is a one-time only deal. Just want to let you all know. (laughs) Until next time, don't be stupid. the tagline for that website i forget what the tagline is we'll cut this part out yeah i don't know <laughs> josh i prepared for this podcast and that's all i got I'm, this is me bringing my yeah. a game as far as all this this is all i've got <laughs> i wrote questions down in the notes app on my phone just give me one second was it in your study time yeah i know preparing? you didn't tell me you were gonna ask about Okay. Well, how, why would I not ask you about Intelligo? What what interviewer doesn't ask? Where can we see more of your writing? Yes. Uh, I listen so yeah. to NPR. <clears throat> I know how this goes. I mean, they don't usually talk about dub chins <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> and cry, but... <laughs> so uh, I'm like that girl on 51st Dates who forgets things every day and just every day is a new day. Like, <laughs> you tell me something, it's brand new every time. <laughs> What? You talked about this? <laughs> it's quite a life we live. It's probably exciting for you. Yeah, that's true. You get to surprise me with things all the time. Yeah. It's 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 exciting for me. My life is much more interesting because I'm married to you. <laughs> It'd be a very dull, boring life without you. That's true. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Thank you for marrying me. <laughs> all right. We've got a uh, dinner to go to, so... The cheese bread is waiting.